This podcast is brought to you by Church Society, a fellowship contending to reform and renew the Church of England in biblical faith. You'll find more information about Church Society and all the things that we do on our website, churchsociety.org. You'll also find there the full archive of the podcast. Well, hello and uh, welcome, very warm welcome indeed, to this week's podcast for Church Society. My name is Tony Cannon. Uh, I'm a regional director covering London, the South East and East Anglia. And I'm delighted, absolutely delighted today, to welcome on your behalf, Glenn Scrivener, who is, amongst many other things, the founder and leader of Speak Life, uh, based down here in Eastbourne, but really based out on the internet. Glenn, a very warm welcome. Thank you for having me, Tony. Our delight, our delight. And uh, it'd be great for people to uh, get to know you a bit. Some will know you quite well. Some will know your uh, smiling face from countless videos. Some may not know you. So why don't you just tell us a little bit about, first of all, your background? Because you do sound remarkably like Crocodile Dundee to me. It's not an Eastbourne accent. (laughs) Well, don't ask an Australian what I sound like. Uh, To an Australian, I just sound like another Englishman. I've become become a pom, but uh, to all the English, I sound like a convict. So I have the worst of all possible worlds. I uh, grew up in Australia and then um, spent the last four years of high school in Wales. And then I did university over here and then back to Australia and then back over here and then got to got deported back to Australia. And then, um, yes, I've spent most of the last 20 years of my life in the UK, give or take the odd deportation. <laughs> we assume that's a joke and you were actually deported as a convict. And we're going to just well, move I was required. I was required to leave by the Home Office with seven days notice or face 10,000 10, pounds fine and six months in prison. So, the, you know, these are the realities of uh, immigration in the modern world. And uh, most, most international travellers know what I'm talking about. But um, pe- people who've lived all their lives in the same country are kind of shocked at that. But, but actually, it's, it's a reality for, for most people who are trying to, trying to cross borders. Well, 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 in that case, I think we'll let you get away with the deportation word. Tell us a bit about your background, your family, um, and particularly how you became a Christian and then how you ended up serving the Lord Jesus in his church. I um, grew up in a church going home with a very prayerful, um, loving mother pointing me to the Lord Jesus. And so that was just a a huge uh, blessing to me. Um, I think Christian faith really started to mean something um, very serious for me right at the end of university, actually, Mm -hmm. Um, when all my plans to try and make life work on my own terms had kind of uh, crumbled. And uh, I remember sort of returning to church after a a long hiatus. And I remember going and and hating the preacher every Sunday night. And Mm -hmm. uh, I would return the next Sunday to hate the preacher just some more because he thought he was so cool giving, you know, illustrations from EastEnders and, and thinking he was sort of so culturally in the know. He didn't know anything. Um, but something was going on in the background. And I guess a lot of that was two decades of a praying mother and mm. uh, a persistent friend who was constantly after me to, to keep going back to church. My, my friend also wanted to open up the Bible with me, which um, was just so foundational for me in finding faith. And it's become a real passion of mine um, in terms of how to introduce people to the Lord Jesus. I mean, yeah. we just opened up Luke's gospel together. Um, but I, I remember getting to the end of Luke's gospel and 
making a couple of realizations. One is that if, if God is like Jesus, I'm in. Mm-hmm. Um, just this sense of I, I'd always kind of considered God to be this distant power Mm. um very hard to relate to a little bit like the you know the force of electricity you know um this abstract power that if you got on the wrong side of you'd be zapped but maybe you could harness him for good purposes in your life that was my vision of god and then meeting jesus in the scriptures star wars right the force yes um and and so meeting the person of the lord jesus is was just really transformative and also i remember we we did a little study on the mount of olives the the garden of gethsemane and i I remember saying to my friend i I couldn't handle this scripture because that that scripture had always haunted me in my teenage years because i'd always thought that christianity was copying jesus and so i'd always looked at the garden of gethsemane as the example i had to follow jesus was pressing his face into the mud giving his life to god you need to do the same. And as a melodramatic teenager, I did. And I think I did pray about a thousand times, giving my life to God and never feeling like God had received me, always feeling like I had to offer my life to him. And my friend, as we were reading through Luke's gospel was, was surprised because I said, I can't handle the garden of Gethsemane because I can't do it like Jesus. My friend said, do you think you're Jesus? Um, Mm. Do you know who you are in this story, Glenn? You are not Jesus. You are Peter. You are failing, you are sleeping, and Jesus is praying for you. Jesus is giving his life for you. That's the gospel. So that was the massive kind of petty-dropping moment for me. Um, Not only is God like Jesus, God is the sort of God who would give his life for me in death and blood. And, yeah, I was one from that stage onwards, and I've I've never looked back. Oh, brilliant. I love the idea of sitting down one-to-one with somebody and opening the Bible up. It's been a passion of mine, too. transformative yes and and i think you find that with evangelists that the way they were won to christ tends to be the way they seek to win others to christ and and so my ministry is so much kind of let's just open up the bible let's point to jesus and say do you see him what Mm. if god is like jesus is this the god that you could believe in and and so getting the scriptures open with people and and pointing to jesus that's that's kind of been the heart of my heart of my life really brilliant and how did you end up um, giving your life to full-time Christian ministry. How did that happen? Slowly, um, just step by step, really. I mean, I my first job for a church, I mean, I, I, I kind of worked in a graduate program in the civil service in Australia for a while. I was really not suited to uh, an office job. I was really not suited to the, the Australian Bureau of Statistics, which is where I was working. <laughs> and trying to make the spreadsheets look like last quarter's spreadsheets um, did not really fit my passions or gifting. Um, and so then a, a job kind of, you know, cleaning the loose at All Souls Lang and Place looked like a brilliant job to, to take. And that was <laughs> kind of my, the next job I took, sort of crossing, uh, crossing over the, uh, the, the equator again. Uh, back in 2000 and I, I worked at All Souls as a lay assistant and that that basically involved cleaning a thousand loos in a year and polishing the brass but also being able to sit down next to John Stott for, for lunch and mm-hmm. having Paul Blackham on staff having Rico, Rico Tice on staff and, and learning from Richard Buse and just a, a, amazing examples in the faith who um, taught me so much not, not only um, about christ and about ministry but but also their example of wholeheartedly following jesus and giving their lives in service of him and his people um that that was really a formative year um and 
yeah, after that, I, I worked in a church back in Australia, worked in a church um, back in central London, St. James Clerkenwell, and, and then I went to Bible College. And then for the last 14 years, I've been down in Eastbourne, All Souls Eastbourne is where I did my curacy right. after, after Vicar Factory. And uh, yeah, we, we very happily worship there. And how did you then move from this kind of slightly normal route, you know, into a bit of experience in a church, going to college, getting ordained, being a curate, and then you kind of fell off the end into something more itinerant and different. <laughs> what happened with that falling off the end? Yeah, it's it's funny. I think there are, I think we have very, in, in our little corner of the Christian world, I think we have a very set way of being a keen Christian, right? <laughs> and the, the way of being a keen Christian is probably to do an apprenticeship somewhere, to go and do a Cornhill type course, to go and go and do Oak Hill or Wycliffe or somewhere, to become ordained in the Church of England. And once you start on that conveyor belt, it's very, very hard to get off the conveyor belt. Yeah. Um, um, and and in, in some ways, I, I think our little corner of the Christian world can have a quite narrow focus mm. for what it looks like to be a king Christian, because what it looks like to be a king Christian is actually just to live for Jesus wherever you are, whether it's in full-time pastoral ministry or not, whether that means being an ordained clergyman or not. Um, and for most of us, it's the not, obviously. Yeah. Mm. And yet our church circles seem to be very much set up for um getting onto that conveyor belt, getting to the end of that process, and then looking back over your shoulder for others who you can yoik onto the conveyor belt. Yeah, yeah. So I, I kind of found myself on this conveyor belt and, and I was looking for churches at the end of my curacy, um, but there was also a job that was going at uh, a charity um, called the Hour of Revival Evangelistic Association. And it was a, an evangelistic ministry that was begun by Eric Hutchings back in 1952. And he was the big sort of Billy Graham type character who would go and do a, a crusade in Hastings or a crusade in Bath or a crusade in Liverpool. And um, he also had a massive radio program that, um, that people sort of tuned into. And it was interesting. He, he founded this charity as with, with, with a twin focus, really, of, of preaching in person and media. And it was cutting edge media because he was using pirate radio and things like that. Um, so he, he died in 1982, but, but the hour of revival kept on going. I was the second evangelist to be employed by the Hour of Revival Evangelistic Association. Well, after, after him? After Eric Hutchings with, oh, a, with right. a sort of 28-year <laughs> So there was this, there was this sort of trust that was still going, and um, so I joined an existing, an existing ministry, an existing charity, um, and we were called Revival for the first, I think, six years while I was there. My my boss then retired, and then I became the director, and we rebranded to Speak Life back in I think 2015, um, and and we've been sort of growing as Speak Life since then. But uh, yeah, that's, that's how I. Why the rebranding? I mean, I like Speak Life. The Hour of Revival sounds very quaint and old-fashioned. Um, so I can I can understand why you got rid of the first. Why the, why did you go for the second? Why Speak Life? I, th I think because one distinctive about us is okay, a very small proportion of Christian ministries in the UK are evangelistic, actually. And an even smaller um, proportion are about proclamation evangelism, really. Right. And so we really wanted to capture 
that sense of communicating the word of life to people and yeah so speak life kind of stuck right and presumably it's grown more and more uh, media intensive through mm. the years you've been there as the yes. internet has grown and all the social media things yeah, it's, uh, I've really fallen on my feet, uh, not really understanding what I'm doing most of the time. <laughs> so I think early on, as I was working in this ministry, it was 2011, and there was the 400-year anniversary of the King James Bible, and I was thinking, you know, how do I explain to people the impact of the King yeah. James Bible? One way is to talk about how famous phrases have impacted the English language today, and so how do I communicate that? I know, I'll write a poem that gives you a hundred phrases from the King James Bible that are passed into common parlance. I'll do it in three minutes in rhyming couplets. We made the video in an afternoon, shoved it up on the internet, and lo and behold, lots of people watch. And we thought, we did. Oh. It, in fact, it's 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 still my favourite Scrivener video. I, oh, really? <laughs> I love it. I'm sure I could even quote bits of it back to you. I can't watch it. <laughs> no, I can It's that. you know, sort of ten years ago now. Yeah. I'm thinking, oh, um, and there's lots that I do differently and all that sort of stuff. Mm -hmm. And then I recorded the anti santi ranty uh, like there was a there was a christmas carols concert and i did a poem for it on the 23rd of december and we fill again we filmed it that afternoon we uploaded it on the 24th and by christmas day we had tens of thousands of views and was like well that's interesting and then i did the halloween video and so just more and more um finding myself in in that space and more and more interestingly um we've kind of started to fulfill the twin focal points of Eric Hutchings' ministry because he was very much face-to-face -face mission and using the best media. And, and the media might have changed, but, but I think that same focus of lifting up Christ both through face-to-face -face proclamation and um, through media uh, has remained. And so, yeah, hopefully it's a service to individual Christians. Hopefully it's a service to churches. Um, and hopefully we can, together with the church, reach out to the world. Brilliant. I and mean, actually, if you think about it, we do, we're always talking about how the world has changed and technology has changed and the media has changed. And it has from a technological point of view. But Eric Hutchins, you know, he used microphones and cameras mm. and uh, and live contact with people. Yes. And at the end of the day, you're using microphones. You've got a particularly chunky one in front of you at the minute mm -hmm. uh, and cameras. And you're talking to people face to face as well. I mean, right. how how yeah. different is it? Yeah, no, it's more democratized, I yep. guess, in, in that, okay, I mean, for, for Eric Hutchings to get onto pirate radio, I guess you just have to have a, a little boat and, yes. <laughs> and a transmitter or whatever. Yeah. Um, every, everybody now has a microphone, even mm -hmm. if it's just in the mobile phone that's in their pocket. Yeah. Everybody can have a voice online. And so it's, it's, it's different to the legacy media of the past. Um, but that also means that part of our job at Speak Life is helping Christians to better use the platforms that they have, because yeah. everybody is now a broadcaster. Mm -hmm. um, and, and how do we equip um, Christians to be Christians online? And one of the ways we do that is to produce videos that people are unashamed to share online. And, and yeah. hopefully that's one way that we can serve in the dissemination of the gospel. It's nearly a year since the Church of England launched their Living in Love and Faith resources and asked churches and uh, individuals to engage with them 
and send in their responses. Those responses will begin to be assessed from the beginning of November and we would love to encourage you uh, to send in as many responses as you can. People can uh, fill out the survey. Uh, They don't have to have taken the whole course. They may have watched some of the videos. They may have read some of the content on the webpage. Uh, But also, we'd love you to be sending in creative responses. And to help with that, we have a number of resources at churchsociety.org. In particular, I want to draw your attention to two colouring pages that you can download. These are suitable uh, even for young children to use, but certainly for teenagers and adults. You might want to encourage your whole youth group or your whole Sunday school to colour them in and submit photos of their work. Perhaps encourage some of the older ones to talk about their own response to living in love and faith and what the Bible teaches about sex and sexuality. The posters use the phrase, true love loves truth, which is a thing that even the youngest children can understand, uh, that it's not loving when you lie to somebody, and that God, who loves us above all things, does not lie to us, that we find the truth that he teaches us in his word, and that's how we know he loves us. So please do go and have a look at all the Living in Love and Faith resources on the Church Society website. There are videos introducing the process, there are courses helping to teach your congregation about some of these issues, and there are various suggestions for how you might respond. Now, I I keep coming across talking to ministers, which is what I, I spend my days doing, um, people increasingly using a little course called 321 to introduce people to the gospel. Very often people who've got next to no Christian background or understanding. Um, tell us a bit about 321. I was an accountant. I just love the title. It's got numbers in it. <laughs> I mean, brilliant title, Glenn. Right, tell okay. us a bit about how that came about and what it is. <laughs> they are unexplained numbers. So that's, that's one of the one of the problems. It tells you nothing about what 321 is. Yeah. Um, well, it is about the threeness of God, the two-ness of the world, and the yeah. oneness of you. And the, the idea is it's a gospel explanation that I've been using for, for over a decade now. Um, and I came up with it first, it was a blog post um, back about 10 years ago, and then it became a little video. And then people started sharing that quite widely. And then people said, oh, could this be a, a book? And so I wrote a book. Um, people asked, could this be a course? And so back in 2013, I believe, I uh, filmed the very basic version of 321, which is just three little kind of 12 minute talks that I give to camera. Um, and we, yeah, again, it's one of these things that we sort of knocked out in an afternoon. And it's, it's been serving hundreds of different churches. They've been using the, the older um, version of 321. Um, during lockdown, we sort of filmed a version that works well for Zoom courses. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of churches, even though you can do 321 in person, and it's great to do 321 in person, um, actually, Zoom courses have been really serving people quite a lot, even coming out of lockdown. Mm-hmm. Um, because you can you can actually invite Auntie Ethel from New Zealand. <laughs> you know, if she wants to get up at three in the morning, she can. Yeah. She's probably very keen. She can be, and and um, and so that's really working. And and then this year we're filming it um, even more attractively, and, and hoping to really get the word out there uh, about a, a kind of a gospel explanation that you can do in three sessions or four sessions that puts Jesus right at the center, Mm. that kicks you off 
with okay what kind of vision of god do you get if you look at jesus ah you mm. believe in oh he's the son of the father full of the spirit ah okay so god is love and you're invited okay session two what kind of vision of the world do you get with jesus at the center well he's the he calls himself or the, the scriptures call him the second adam so he is answering the problems of this world and so you can talk about the problems of this world in adam and the and the the hero christ who takes it all on himself and rises again to be our champion. And then in the final session, you talk about the oneness of you, because, you know, our vision of who we are, according to the Bible, is we are either one with Adam or we're one with Jesus. And um, churches do it, a lot of churches do it as a baptism preparation. Yeah. Because you, you sort of start with the baptism of Christ when you talk about the threeness of God. And you end with the baptism of you. Um, yeah. When you talk about oneness, um, a lot of uh, vicars, for instance, use it in, in terms of marriage preparation because you can do it in three three sessions and it, mm. and it gives you, and it's kind of a love story um, and, and it's explained as that. So yeah, three, two, one, I can explain it in a sentence or a book length or you know, four online sessions, but it's it's just a way of telling the good news of Jesus. And how can you, I mean, presumably we can find that just by going to the Speak Life website initially. Yep, yep. Um, so you can go to speaklife.org.uk or, or there's, a, there's a special website, 4321, which is just spelling out the numbers, 3-2-1.org. Nice and easy. I, even I can sort that one out. <laughs> you just said you're actually going to refilm it now to make it more mm. attractive. I mean, are you going to put on makeup and a wig? How is it going to be more attractive? Hair I thought it was very good. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Right. Hair and makeup is is obviously the, the top item on the budget. Yeah, I'm sure. Um, so we're not sure we're going to call it 321, precisely because once you say 321, you haven't explained anything about what it is. <laughs> um, it is life according to Jesus, um, essentially. And um, every talk now begins with me saying, picture this. And it's, it's really about getting people to see, look through the lens of Jesus and see God, see the world, see yourself in a new light. And so we're going to film it in a cinema. Ooh. And in each episode, there will be a, a little kind of short film that, um, that, yeah, that really immerses you in this new world. And so I, I think a lot, of, a lot of evangelism is kind of doing what Nathan does to, to David in 2 Samuel 12, which is to, you tell a story, you immerse someone in a, in a, in a totally new world. Yeah. And then you say, oh, you are this person. And you say, you're in the story. <laughs> you're in the story, right. Um, because I, I think if you argue with someone, you can sometimes take the intellectual high ground. If you tell a story, you are taking all the ground. Mm. You're saying you're like in the most polite and inviting way possible. You're actually saying to someone, shut up and listen. Yeah. Right. This is the world. I'm going to, I'm going to create a world and you are in this story and you, you're going to look around and I'm not just taking the high ground. I'm taking all the ground and I'm recasting your vision for what life is, is all about. So interesting how yeah. this fits in with how you became a Christian yourself. I can see what you're saying. Mm. This whole three, two, one, taking the ground, walking into the story thing, fits yeah. into how this, the story of the Mount of Olives was yes. the time when you walked into the story yourself. That's so I can see how you're building a ministry around your I experience. haven't seen that. I haven't seen that before. Thank you, Tony. Yeah, 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 yeah. I think, I think there's a lot to that. I, I, and I thought I had been playing a different role in the story. Yeah. Um, and my friend was like, no, nope, you're in these sandals, not those sandals. Exactly. Yeah. 
Yeah. Okay. And when's this coming out? I mean, I'm excited already. Can, can we have it this week? <laughs> It'll be Easter next year, I'm afraid. Um, oh. So we're so we're well, twenty three. 23 yeah mm. so we are um so in march we are filming the 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 teaching elements of it that are set in the cinema mm -hmm. and then we'll be filming uh these other short films um that get inserted into that over the course of the next 12 months so yeah okay i've got a final question um i'm, I'm loving this if it wasn't for that we've got a time scale i'll just keep chatting or listening mm. um then tell us how we as christians uh, some of us listening will be ministers of churches, probably in or around the Church of England, but an awful lot of us won't be. We'll just be, you know, members of the church wanting to serve the Lord Jesus where he's put us and wanting to make him known. How can, what is Speak Life doing that can help me as a not very competent, not very confident uh, follower of the Lord Jesus who'd love to be useful to him, who'd love people to find what I found in Jesus, but I'm not very confident. How can Speak Life help me? Oh, loads of different ways. Um, so, I mean, if you like podcasts and you're listening to this podcast, you can uh, subscribe to the Speak Life podcast. My and, wife does, uh, by the way, just in case you're interested. There we go. Good on her. What a discerning lady she, she is. is. And uh, there's another podcast that um, people might like, which is the Reading Between the Lines podcast. And that is where uh, I... I basically do that whole thing of taking famous phrases from the Bible and explaining them today. And so there's 366 phrases that you can get on the Speak Life, on, on the uh, Reading Between the Lines podcast, little five, six, seven minute Brilliant. devotional yeah. uh, that, that people do. Um, you can get that as a video. If, if you go to our Facebook page, um, we are facebook.com slash Speak Life UK. And uh, on the Facebook page, we share all our other stuff. On our YouTube channel, we've got a, a Monday night uh, conversation between myself and Paul Feasy and Nate Morgan Locke, um, who uh, also work here at Speak Life. And we talk about how to speak about Jesus into the cultural moment that we find ourselves in. And so it, it's a very topical show. Uh, but also we, we talk about sharing your faith more broadly there. Um, mm -hmm. All three of us go around the place and uh, and help with churches, whether that's um, helping people to share their faith one-to-one -one and, and do sort of uh, evangelism, share uh, how, how to evangelize kind of um, topics, as well as doing mission type things. And we're all very busy at uh, during the passion for life kind of season that we're all sort of entering into. And, and so through that live proclamation, and through media, um, I, I think we'll be able to find plenty of resources that can help you to be a better witness. Fantastic. So either head to the website or to the Facebook page or to your YouTube channel. And it doesn't really matter where you start because you'll get to them all through any of them, I presume. It'll all be linked up nicely. Yeah, I mean, our web footprint is a real mess, Tony. There's, 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 there's just so much that's out there. But um, yeah, keep on, keep on searching and you'll find something. Fantastic. Glenn, it's been an absolute delight talking to you. Thank you so much for giving up time. And I can see that you know you've got lots on well that's great let me just uh, pray for you and for the work that speak life and then we'll say our fond farewells for now thank you Tony. father god we do praise you that uh, each and every generation you have equipped your people to make the gospel known thank you that across the world today the gospel is growing faster than at any time in history how wonderful and remarkable that is especially living in our land here in england and the uk uh, where the church seems to be diminishing in many ways. Well, Father, we don't want that to continue. We want the Lord Jesus to be building his church here as much as he is in so many parts of the world. 
So as uh, Speak Life and Glenn and the team continue to follow you, to continue to make the Lord Jesus known, we pray that you would do that. We pray that you'd be creative through the creativity you've given them, that you would keep them uh, true and faithful and honest uh, as they present the reality of the living Lord Jesus. And Father, we pray that through what they do and through what each one of us listening does, uh, the Lord Jesus would be better known uh, and come to be greater uh, or more honoured and uh, accepted in our land uh, for the glory of your name. Amen. Amen. Ben, thank you very much indeed. Send our love to Emma from everybody here in Church Society land. Pleasure. Thanks for having me on. Our pleasure. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Church Society podcast. You can find the whole podcast archive on our website, churchsociety.org. Don't forget to subscribe to us on your usual podcast app. And we'd love it if you are able to leave a review or give us a rating over there as well. Mm-hmm.